Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. I'm Bob. And I'm Bax. And we're the Movie Blast. Man, that's us. Yeah. Welcome guys. Welcome to another wonderful episode. We watched a movie this week, Bax. Do you want to drop the name of it? Man, we watched Upgrade. Upgrade, everybody. Go watch it. But I don't think it's streaming, so you have to go buy it or rent it. So Yeah, I think if you have like a Cinemax um subscription that can be connected to your Prime, it's on there. But besides that, I don't know where you would stream it. I think you should just buy it to support this guy. A little unknown director, Bax. You want to hit him with some movie facts? Yeah, we, we could just dive in and get into some facts. So, um, Upgrade is like a newer film. So, last year, 2018, um, it was released on June 1st. And I, I got to go see it in theaters. So, that was cool. One, to see it in theaters. And like Bob's saying, like, I feel like when you go and see like maybe kind of a smaller film, and you buy that ticket, you feel good, right? And you're supporting them. It was also cool to rewatch it this week. And um, it was written and directed by our boy, Lee Wanell. And some stuff about Lee. Usually Bob tells you guys about the writer and the director. But, but not, not this week. Back, this is Bax's territory. This is his boy. Yeah, so I'm going to try this out and fill you guys in. So you might know about a film called Saw. And Saw was made when James Wan and Lee Wanell they met in film school. They, they made the dream happen, right? Because they wanted to make a movie and they made a movie. And it was Saw. And it did super well. And a lot of the other stuff that James Wan has directed, Lee has wrote it for him. And they worked on it together. Lee acted in Saw too. So Lee's character's name is Adam. Um, if you've seen Saw, not going to go into spoilers. He's in the room. I feel like if people have seen Saw, and I say he's one of the guys in the room, they'll know what I'm talking about. And that's not going into spoilers. Right. So he's written stuff with James Wan and he's also started directing now. And so the first one that he directed was the third Insidious film. And now he's done Upgrade. And Was Insidious 3 good, Bax? I, didn't, I don't mind the Insidious films. Maybe I should explain to like James Wan directed the first two. We wrote them. And then the third one was cool because he got to write and direct that one. Oh, and he starts in those two. He's the character Specs, which I like that. He, he's kind of like a, a nerdy guy that's into some spooky stuff and some supernatural stuff, so yeah. I should watch those then. I think it's worth checking out. Insidious The Last Key was one that dropped in January of last year, and I feel like when you hear about a movie that's coming out in January and a spooky movie at that, your expectations can be like kind of scaled back, you know, because sometimes January... Not that great when stuff hits theaters. I like Insidious The Last Key. So at least that one for being the fourth one in the series, I think it's still holding up well. That's cool. Like they haven't had like a movie in the series yet that's garbage, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah. And one more thing about Lee, he's attached to the new Invisible Man. So like the universal like reboot thing that I guess is still a thing, Lee's been brought on to direct The Invisible Man. Was The Mummy with Tom Cruise, was that part of that franchise? It was supposed to be, yeah. So I shouldn't say supposed to be. It was. But I don't that, really get what the status of it is. That was not. I didn't watch it. But from, the, from what I know, that is not the Mummy movie I want. Uh, I, it's like, I like Tom Cruise. <laughs> so for me, because Tom Cruise is in it, like that made it enjoyable. But 
I understand why people were roasting it and stuff. I get it. Hmm. We'll talk about that another time. So yeah, yeah. upgrade. I didn't see this in the movie theater because I was like, Bax, go ahead and see it. Go on without me. Um, and I didn't see a trailer for it. And I, and so I blind bought this um, on Bax's recommendation and I bought it and I watched it and I was like, man, this is great. And he was like, I know I told you it was great. And I was like, I get it. I get it. You win this round backs. <laughs> so usually you're the one that tells me about cool movies. Yeah. Well, I just didn't, um, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who was attached to it. Like, but then when I sat down and watched it, I was surprisingly, um, happy with the world that they made. That was pretty neat. So hmm. back, should we hit it with a spoiler alert? We should definitely give them a heads up. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you don't stop right now, and I mean, right, right now, you'll find out that STEM, the thing that makes a quadriplegic man able to walk, turns out to be dark side, turns straight up Sith Lord, shoots electricity out of uh, our boy's hand, and just roasts everybody with electricity. That's the last part of the film. So it's quite the now. climax. It is. Do you want me to hit him with a synopsis, Bax? Man, let him know. Okay. Upgrade the movie from 2018. Logan Marshall Green stars as Gray Trace, an auto mechanic that works in the future and likes to get his hands dirty. His wife, Asha Trace, ends up working for this big tech company that's a competitor to this other guy that they're going to go visit. His name is Aaron Keene. <laughs> So, uh, they end up going to Aaron's house, who just so happens to like classic cars, but also is this weird Bill Gates guy. Um, and so, sorry, I'll drop that. Um, so, I like it a lot, though. <laughs> so, he ends up going out to this guy's house that's commissioned this car, drives this muscle car out there while these automatic driving cars are taking his wife behind him. Gray ends up talking to this Aaron guy who's kind of like bill gates and he is weird and awkward they sell the car uh gray basically tells them technology is not that great i would rather do things with my own hands i don't really see the reason to have um this thing that aaron tells him about which is stem which can make people uh use their limbs and all that kind of stuff um even if they've had a traumatic accident so they leave uh, and what happens is their car is taken over. It's hacked. It gets put into this old neighborhood that, that Gray used to live in. Uh, they're attacked, and uh, his wife is killed, and it seems like it was a hit on her, and then they take Gray and they shoot him in his neck, which turns him into a paraplegic. So um, he's at the hospital. They tell him, hey, man, you're a quadriplegic now, and he has to get used to being a quadriplegic, and all of a sudden – this Aaron Bill Gates guy rolls in is like, hey, I want to install this thing into your body. You'll be able to hunt down the killers that killed your wife. And the guy was like, okay, I'll do it. So he ends up getting STEM put in. He has a non-disclosure uh, signed. And so he can't tell anybody that he can walk. And so now he has to keep the secret from the police department, from his mom. And then he goes out and tries to find the killers. So as he's going through knocking people off his list, um, basically ripping people's heads off because STEM is so great that it makes him fast and he's able to be like a ninja. Um, he kills everybody. So he ends up 
uh, finding out from the last guy that he kills that he was actually hired by Aaron. So he goes to Aaron's house, uh, who's the owner of the tech company that has STEM, um, and basically gets into a fight with him uh, and is going to kill him because STEM takes over. Aaron lets him know that STEM is actually the owner of the company that's leading everything. And while he's trying to stop STEM um, from killing the police officer that's there with them, he breaks his own mind. So Gray goes into the background and lives his own like kind of utopian life. And uh, STEM takes over and kills the police officer, leaving us open for a sequel. I think it's a good summary. I think it's a really good movie. I'm glad you liked it. What's up, Axe? What'd you hate? Man, things that I didn't like. And you guys already know that. Obviously, I dug the film. Gray's relationships, though, <clears throat> after his wife is murdered, which is super sad, to me, they felt kind of forced. So, like, And really, the only two relationships I can think of is he has a relationship with a police officer or detective. I'm not sure how we would refer to her. Who's kind of like trying to solve the crime, help him out. He doesn't feel like she's doing as much as she could. That relationship felt kind of forced to me. Maybe I just didn't like the character. Like she felt kind of dull. She was just there to serve her purpose. In Gray's relationship with his mom too, maybe I just wish there could have been more between them and it could have been a more fleshed out relationship. But it's like really heavy stuff, right? Like Gray's a quadriplegic. His mom's trying to help him through that. She finds out that he has the ability to walk and move and that he's tracking down the people that killed his wife. So yeah, I wish the relationship with the mom could have been unpacked a little bit more. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the relationships that he goes through, because basically as soon as he's um, put out of commission, he's turned into a quadriplegic. As soon as he, because he tries to kill himself, as soon as the, the machine that's dosing him doesn't allow him to kill himself, he gives into the whole, let's have STEM installed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, he doesn't really form relationships because it's either he's with his mom, he's with the police officer that's investigating the crime. And then she's kind of hunting him going, Hey man, like, why are you rolling around these neighborhoods? Why are you going to bars messing people up? Or like, why are you at these places where all these people are getting murdered? He's like, I can't walk. Right. So it's like the perfect crime because the computers in this futuristic world can tell if someone committed a crime. Yeah. They're like, impossible. This guy's in a chair. Like, he can't get into a fight with these guys. Like, he's so, an in- incompatible suspect. Exactly, because he's in the wheelchair. Yeah. So, um, what I didn't like was also the relationships. I don't think there was enough built in the world. I think they could have spent a little more time defining their the husband-wife relationship. That could have added a depth, because I was like, all right, um, like, I feel bad. Like, this sucks that she died. And she appears in a couple dream sequences, which I think are good. But it wasn't enough for me to be like, okay, I buy it. I would go on a killing spree for this woman. You know what I mean? And be like, I don't know. Maybe I just would read books and hang out and just be like, I give up. Well, okay, let the police do their business. So that's what I didn't like. Um, I did like the futuristic world. I think this is like one of the futuristic worlds that I can buy in on. Like, I'm just like, okay, self-driving cars. Okay. They're 3d printing pizzas. Like, did you, what did you think of that? I was into it. And speaking of the self-driving cars, they look really cool to me. Yeah. It was nice that they had like everything in the car was a, was a screen. So you could basically sit and watch a movie while you're driving around, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so I think it was a well thought out world. Um, 
And then you get into grit and the grime in the neighborhoods that don't have the tech. But even they do have tech there because that guy, even at like this kind of crack house looking place, um, I think he was a drug dealer. He had a, he had a smart table. So his table had a bunch of like messages and stuff on it. Just just giant cell phone kind of. Yeah. yeah. Who carries around that table with them? It's like, oh man, I got to miss. I got an email. Got to check this. What else do you like, Bax? Have we talked about how STEM talks like audibly we hear STEM? Oh yeah, that was a great reveal where you where you find out. So they install STEM into Gray's body, and he thinks he's going nuts because STEM is talking to him, and nobody was like, "By the way, STEM's going to talk." Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty interesting. So they form a relationship through, and it turns into kind of a buddy cop movie for a bit. They have to basically hack STEM to make sure that he has complete control, mm-hmm. um, which he uses later to be bad bad guy. I like how you said it's like a buddy cop thing. Yep. And speaking of the drug house, when Gray's in here and he's trying to investigate things, Stem's helping him out. So he's like not really sure what to do, but Stem's like, hey, like maybe you could check the table. Maybe you could look for messages. So Stem's guiding him through it. And then when he actually, like the guy's house that he's at comes back and he gets into an altercation and Stem's letting him know like, you'll need to be quicker. You'll need to be more responsive if you want to like survive this fight. Sam's like, I can help you out if you give me permission, right? And then Gray's like, permission granted, and that's where we get Stem taking over his body. How's that death scene go? I'm trying to think of how to describe the fight sequences because they're super well done. Yeah, they're like Matrix. They're they're yeah. the fast punches, the dodges, like the lean backs. Like yeah. it's the fight choreography is really neat. Right, and it's like you see you see it happen like it's not like choppy like different like cuts like the camera's there and the action's flowing mm-hmm. right and you can watch it all seamlessly and like you're saying like bodies moving back and forth like dodges and parries and stuff like that and like the guy gets into the kitchen and grabs a knife and even gray's like stem like what are we doing and stems like obviously stems in control so stems just helping gray survive Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then the death sequence happens. And I feel like you could definitely see like the saw kind of influence, you know, with like the creativity of the deaths. Yeah, he like rips that guy's head off, right? Yeah, yeah, it's super like, cool. Breaks his jaw. Like it's it's brutal. <laughs> like I I was yeah. not expecting it. And and then and then stems like kind of comically, Gray, you're in full control again. Right. So like that contrast, like the super heavy extreme things have happened, and stems just casually like, yeah, like you're back in control. And the Gray's yeah. like, okay, like, I'm going to go throw up in the sink because I just killed a guy. And then the stem's like, you're going to have to clean the sink to make sure that there's no DNA evidence. Exactly, yeah. So that was probably, like, my favorite part of the film. I, well, I like that you said with the world building because, like, the science fiction, the grittiness. Would you say it's, like, a cyberpunkness or maybe not cyberpunk? I would say it's up there, yeah. Yeah, so kind of like the cyberpunk-type vibe, like the gritty vibe, futuristic vibe. I was super into that. And the relationship, kind of the buddy cop, and it's like kind of like dark humor. And it's also like pretty brutal because of the fight sequences, like the relationship between Gray and Stem. Those are probably like the highlights for me. Yeah, I liked, uh, I definitely liked the bad guy that they cast as Fisk to be the leader. I thought he was very slimy. Like yeah. they all were slimy and they all were bad guys. And that bar fight sequence where the guy's basically like, we're going to, who, who killed our friend? And he's like, I did. 
they're like, no, you didn't. Who did it? We're going to, we're going to put, we're going to stab you and we're going to find the nerves that we're going to torture you to it. And then you're going to feel all of this terrible pain. And then you'll tell us who killed us, kill our friend. I thought that was a really cool thing because then he flips it on him and then tortures that guy. Yeah. So I think that's the nice thing is that you can see like he's put into a situation, STEM learns, he goes, okay, so if this is what this guy was going to do to us, it's okay. It's, it's all right. And he cuts that guy to ribbons. Yeah. It's nuts. I think we could probably unpack how we felt about the ending because I feel like the ending makes a bold decision mm-hmm. and I could see some people really enjoying that and appreciating it, which yeah. is how I felt. But I could also see some people not liking that. So you go and, first. And, and so when I say the ending, Gray is trying, Bob already unpacked this in the synopsis, but a quick review. Gray does not want to murder the police officer at Aaron's house. Because it's morally wrong because she didn't do anything to him. Exactly. But Stem knows that she wants to stop them knows that she wants to stop it, so Stem wants to kill her. And Stem lets Gray know, like, if your mind is human, if you try to go against mine, you're just going to break. And then it happens, and then it breaks, like Bob already said. And so it's almost kind of like, maybe some people could say, like, it's a downer ending. Like, some people could say, the bad guy won, if you want to consider Stem to be a bad guy. I think just because it is a bold ending, I appreciate that about it. Like, the fact that I was surprised that they took it there. I feel like you don't go to the theater very often and you're surprised by stuff like that, like where they take stuff. So for me, I appreciated where they took it. Yeah. It it went to the place where you could only, it would go in the reality. So if this was real and if you were trying to fight a cybernetic organism in your brain that had full control of your body, like it would win. If it's, if it has that processing power and if it's that strong, if it's the most advanced computer and it's plugged into your head, your brain can't really beat it. So um, it went to the real place. And I mean, I is STEM bad? I don't know. STEM's trying to preserve itself. And it's more chaotic neutral than anything else. Like it's not good. It's kind of, I guess, it's, well, it does evil things, but it also does good things. So it's kind of like in the middle. And it's just trying to survive. And then it's trying to cover its tracks, which is kind of evil. So I don't know. It's uh, power is just, I don't, I think maybe it depends on is stems goal to just live out his days, just enjoying his life as a human being or is stems goal to world domination, it's world domination. That's kind of evil. If it's just to live out the rest of his day in secrecy, I mean, not great but nah actually no there's a ton of murder that he caused so it's probably evil character yeah and they even unpacked to the fact that the reason that stem wanted aaron gone wanted aaron to be murdered as aaron was the only one that create could create another stem right yeah and that's self-preservation too exactly and like I, i think stems into being the superior being or at least like that's what stem tells gray Mm -hmm. great like i picked you like you didn't have any kind of enhancements right like you should be honored that i chose you like as my host ah upgrade two you ready for it so upgrade two would be gray years in the future um now 
they've unearthed the technology to make another stem and they find like maybe like a holographic image of the of Aaron talking about stem about how he how he created stem and it's kind of confession video right and he leads maybe somebody that he knows and trusts to create another stem to take out gray if gray is truly a bad guy so then you've got ultimate evil which is gray the evil stem versus the stem 2.0 which is good stem and then it becomes uh kind of a cat and mouse game where they're trying to find each other and try to kill each other and just the actions that happen throughout the film that's that it'd be super wild it would be wild yeah and it would be tom hardy versus logan marshall green so you wouldn't even know which one's stem a lot a lot of people think that logan marshall green has a similar look to tom hardy i think they look like kind of similar like Enough where if you, like, glimpsed at them both, you'd be like, ooh, twins? Just that quick look? Twins. Yeah. And so. I think I'd like to at least like to give credit. Like, I think Logan Marshall Green carries the film really well. Oh, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, and, like, he carries a lot of range, too, because, like, early on when he is realizing that he's a quadriplegic and his mom's, like, cutting his hair and trimming his beard and he breaks down in tears, right? Like, that's one end of, like, a spectrum, so to speak. Like, that's a really low level like maybe like the lowest level, like the, that range is there. Right. And then he's got, yeah. Like the aggression, like the hurt, the pain. Yeah. Logan Marshall Green carried it really well. Yeah. I mean, he's been in a lot too. He's been in Prometheus. He's been in the invitation, Snowden, Spider-Man homecoming. Like he's been in big movies. Yeah. Did you see the invitation? Uh, I did. What do you think? I'd recommend this is a super random story. When I went and saw Hereditary in theaters, it was only like me and three other guys in the theater. And I asked them afterwards what they thought about it. And they were like, if you dug this, you should go check out The Invitation. That's my random story about The Invitation. Mm, I liked it. So, Bax, hit me with them internet facts. Like what the internet thinks about this flick? You bet. The internet's into it. Um, IMDb, it's rocking a 76 and Rotten Tomatoes, the critics and the general audience, 87% of them. So 80% of everybody, 87% of everybody at Rotten Tomatoes enjoyed the film. Would you like to know what the real internet thought backs? I would love to. All right, time to hit you with some YouTube comments, my dude. YouTube comment one. Upgrade was basically what Venom should have been. Interesting. Do you disagree with that? I haven't seen Venom. Hit me with it. Well, it's tough. Like, I'm trying to think of like the relationship that Eddie has with Venom and the relationship that Gray has with Stem. I mean, they both give you superpowers. And right. You can eat people as Venom <laughs> and digest them. I don't know, man. I'm just saying Venom seems more far-fetched to me. Yeah, it's it's tough to compare like I feel like a standalone film with the Venom film because like Venom as a character, like there's so much lore, right? And like the symbiotes, like all of it, there's so much to unpack there. So I feel like that's just such a small like that comparison, like you're putting too much in a small box for me personally. Mm. YouTube comment two. When Robocop meets Cyborg and they both have a beer with John Wick. The results, 
this movie. I like that a lot. You think this is RoboCop meets Cyborg having a beer with John Wick? I think it's definitely more that than it is what Venom should have been. Yeah. I agree with this comment a lot more than the other one. Mm, Okay. This is definitely like, I don't know of of a movie where the person is controlled by something other than himself. Like, I can't think of another movie that fits in with this criteria. Can you? No, and I think it's another thing that I liked about it. like it felt fresh, like it felt original. Yeah, this and is basically a that. possession movie. Like this is a possession movie. Like if this thing was a demon, this would be a horror film. Know what I mean? Because he's possessed yeah. by this thing. He's at, he has a little bit of control, but only to like talk and like nod. YouTube comment three. Spoiler: the ending is sad. Is it sad, Bax? I think we were just talking like that's about how you interpret it. Yeah, you were rooting for the machine. Let's be real. I don't... Man, there's so much about the ending that you could unpack. Like, there's a scene in the film and, like, Grey runs into some people that are doing VR. And he makes the comment, like, I don't understand why people would do that and, like, do that all day. And somebody else is like, well, like, that virtual world is less painful than the real world. And so then it's, like, this question of, like, when Grey's mind does break he's under the impression that like he's with his wife, like whatever realm he's in, like it's a kind of a virtual realm. Right. But like, he's happy there. So yeah, there's a lot of questions that you could unpack with the ending and what's wrong, what's right. Like what existence is the right one to want or desire. There's a lot there. All right, Bax, the time has come for the grade. We're going to grade this movie at the same time. Okay. Okay. One. Two, three, B plus, B plus, A, A minus. I'm really generous with my grades. You are. But we've also been watching movies that I've enjoyed. Right. And you've been picking them. So that's why they're all A's. So it's like, in the grand scheme of things, this is as good as Jaws. Mm. This is as good as Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Man, it's this is as good as Indiana Jones. It's, I feel like for me, like legacy with those is such a big deal. Like the legacy of Jaws. Like if I sit down and watch Jaws and sit down and watch Upgrade, is my level of enjoyment going to be similar? I I think it is. I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with both films. But Jaws did so much for like movies overall, you know? I don't see it. Yeah, and the the grading thing's tough. Like, I feel like for me, if I had fun watching you and I'd watch you again, you, you're pretty, you're already to a B, and you're almost an A for me. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, I just need to hash out my grading system a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm glad that you're gonna get a tattoo of upgrade. I'm just so excited. Jaws is an A plus. Okay, Empire Strikes Back. A plus plus. There's no A plus plus. Okay, A plus. Yeah, so so A plus is like Yeah, the legacy thing. And then A is every other movie you like. <laughs> it kind of seems that way. That's okay. I'll be the harsh one. This movie was a D. Man. For delightful. It's like even Jason X, you're a B minus. Yeah. Jason X. That that is a warm <laughs> place in my heart though. 
because uh, Jason Voorhees just goes around just smashing people's head. It's been like dipped in like uh, what is wait are we talking about like the frozen head kill? Yeah, when he what is that? Head and then he smashes it and it shatters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the substance is, but it's a super cool kill. Yeah. So let us know what it is because I'm pretty sure they used to use that with tennis balls back in high school. Like oh. guys, look what I can do. Boom. Liquid nitrogen. It sounds right. Yeah, it sounds right. I turned on my old brain, everybody. It's not just clogged up with horror movies and stupid crap. So, I feel like it's a good disclaimer for anybody that is listening to this that I would give Jason X a B minus. Yeah. So when you hear my grades for any film, like take that into consideration. If it just means that you're niche, it means you have like a thing that's your style. It's okay. Yeah. Know that. I give movies the grades they should have because I'm right all the time. Yes. You went to film school. I did. You wrote and directed and started in a film. You're basically Lee Wanell. Yeah, a really poor <laughs> Lee Wanell. And not Australian. <laughs> not, not at all. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. That's not even Australian. No? I don't know. The phrase would be. We tried, Bax. That's not a knife. This is a knife. That's from Crocodile Dundee. Man, Crocodile Dundee. Is that a podcast movie? I could be. Hey, has uh, anybody sent us an Instagram message about anything? And not that I recall. Oh, wow, guys. You're really not engaging with us. So if you ever, if you're sitting there going, man, I just, I really wish I had a friend. Send us a message. We'll respond. Send us what movie you want. Give us $10. Donate $10 and we'll buy it and watch it. Um, We'll be raffling off a a date with Bax sometime soon. Get ready for that. Man, a date with Bax. This is worth dozens of dollars. So anyways, if you've enjoyed your time with us, we just want to say thank you for listening. If you're looking for other podcasts, go over to GameZilla Media. You'll find GameZilla, Legend of Retro, Last Action Podcast, News and Dragons, and Noiseland Arcade. Bax, we already told him to hit us up on Instagram. What other things do you want to say? Uh, I think I'd just like to echo your thoughts about thanking people for listening. Um, I hope that wherever you are, and whatever time of the day it is, I hope that you are doing well and know that um, you are important and that you matter and watch movies that make you happy because you deserve to be happy and live your life and watch cool movies and be happy. And that's all I got. Yeah. I would also like to reiterate that in a different way. Don't let people tell you what's cool. Figure out what you like for yourself. And if a movie sucks halfway through it, turn it off and watch something else. So I like, that, I like that we got kind of deep at the end here. We, we, we got some, some real thoughts out there. Yeah. So if you're still listening, thanks for being our friends. Absolutely. We appreciate it. All right. You want to hit him with it? Well, see ya. Movie Blast with Bob and Bax.